0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 122 uh, of this season, and we're going to do the readings for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. If there's any confusion, it's on my part. A couple of weeks ago, I caught the liturgical Sundays mixed up, so it's my fault. So uh, let's begin the readings, okay? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Entrance Antiphon, look to your covenant, O Lord, and forget not the life of your poor ones forever. Arise, O God, and defend your, your cause, and forget not the cries of those who seek you. Let's read it one more time. Look to your covenant, O Lord, and forget not the life of your poor ones forever. And arise, O God, and defend your cause and forget not the cries of those who seek you. All right, so let's begin. The act of penance. I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thought and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask blessed Mary ever virgin and all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the lord our god may almighty god have mercy on us forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life amen kiri elision Christe elision kiri elision glory to god in the highest and on earth peace to people goodwill we praise you we bless you we adore you we glorify you we give you thanks for your great glory lord god heavenly king o god almighty father taught by the holy spirit we dare to call our father bring we pray to perfection in our hearts the spirit of of adoption as your sons and daughters that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised through our lord jesus christ your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen The first reading is from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verse 9, 11 to 13. A reading from the first book of Kings. Go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. At the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, Go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face. In his cloak, and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm: Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. It's Psalm one hundred eight. I'm sorry, eighty five. Psalm eighty five. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims the lord for he proclaims peace near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him glory dwelling in our land lord let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation kindness and truth shall meet justice and peace shall kiss truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven lord let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give us his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. I could wish that I were accursed for the sake of my own people. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brethren, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred, according to the flesh. They are the Israelites. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. There's the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Alleluia, alleluia, I wait for the Lord. My soul awaits for his word. Alleluia, alleluia. The gospel reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Chapter 14, verse 22 to 23. Glory to you, Lord. After he had fed the people... Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come, Peter, came out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, caught Peter and said to him, "O you little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, truly, you are the son of God. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so now uh, this is the reading for 19th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Um, sorry if I jumbled the liturgical Sundays a couple of weeks ago, uh, but you're probably hearing me say something familiar because the, the, the symbolism here is... One, once you get to know, once you know how to read the gospels, the symbolism, uh, you really can't go wrong, but you could always walk away with something new. That's one beautiful thing about, uh, the, the interpretation and the symbolism. Always remember the boat is always a symbol of the church. It's always the symbol of the church in the Old Testament, the ark. Of Noah which was a boat a big giant boat is a symbol of the church and that is going to be true and the flood is a symbol of baptism Um, the passing of the Red Sea the Israelites passing through the Red Sea is a symbol of baptism a future baptism leaving behind your paganism and going forth into a new life in God the flood of Noah is washing away the filth of the world washing away the filth of the world all the sin the evil the corruption is being washed away the boat is a symbol of the future church uh, it's a symbol of humanity a symbol of preserving and saving creation that's exactly what it means now um in the new testament the boat is a symbol it is the church the apostles are in the boat, the disciples are in the boat, and they're going out into the world. The church is out into the world. The f- meaning of the waters, the waters, eh, the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberius. sometimes it's called the Sea of Tiberius. It's the same water in Galilee, the same big giant lake. It's a big lake, is the symbol of the world. All right, the catching of the fish, the different types of fish is a symbol of of all the nations now if you go to the book of Revelation now this this scene here what we're reading in Matthew is an apocalyptic scene apocalyptic doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world apocalyptic means uh, a truth that is revealed and yet still a mystery still hidden uh you know you could you could lift the veil but there's always another veil that sometimes we have to get we have to Come back again and again to get more truth, to, to, to basically, um, uh, skim off more truth, read more truth. It, this, it, this passage will always speak to you. One thing about the gospels, it never stops speaking to you. It never stops revealing something to you. You can come back to it a thousand times. That's why it's divine revelation. That's why the Holy Spirit, you should always pray before you read the Gospels. They're out in the water and they're caught in the storm. All right? They're caught in the storm. In one scene, Jesus was asleep. In earlier scenes, he was asleep in the back of the boat. And this this sort of thing, you know, people would probably think that. God is asleep. You know how people always, when they're angry, when something bad happens and people question evil, why did God let this happen? Was God asleep? In a sense, God knows how human beings think. All right. And whenever, remember what they said to him, Lord, don't you care? We're going to perish. He wakes up and he calms the storm. He, he's always aware. In other words, this was a lesson for them before that. He is always aware. He was always with them. There was no reason for them to be afraid. He calmed the storm to show them his power over nature. But at the same time, there's power in the fact that he was there with them. Even though he was asleep, it was a lesson for them to understand. They had to learn he's God. Even though he was now in human form, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. It doesn't mean he doesn't know what's happening. He knows perfectly well what's happening to us. Now, in this scene, they're alone. He sent them off alone, and he was on the mountain. Being God, he can stand on the the hilltop alone, and he's well aware of what's going on with them. He stayed there, and he prayed. He is both God and he is man. And what happened was a storm broke out, and it was it was hitting them really hard. They were caught in that storm. The meaning of the storm is the world. The church is caught in the political events of history. The storm symbolizes the world, the violence of the world against the church, against the people of God. The troubles, the waves hitting them. Is a symbol of the world of the world attacking the church, the governments of the world. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks with the voice of many waters. That's the voice of many people. He speaks in the language of all the nations of the world. The waters is symbolized. Whenever you see the book of Revelation, you read it, the, whether it's the water, you know, you see the beast rising from the waters. It's the antichrist coming out of all the the, the 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 terrible things, the terrible governments, the violent, evil, corrupt governments, and the fact that it's the beast, the beast that comes from the corrupt world, the new the the evil governments of the world. Well, this is also kind of like the flip side of it. It's showing that regardless what comes out of the world, Christ comes calmly through all the chaos. He comes to them walking on the waters. Walking on the waters is his power over the different governments of the world. His power over humanity. Remember at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, all authority of heaven and earth have been handed over to me. It doesn't matter how violent the world gets, how evil the governments get, he is in power. There is nothing, no one can take away his power. All authority has been given to him by the Father. And he rules over the governments, he rules over the, the everything. He's in charge. He's well aware of what the church is going through. Recently we heard, you know, we we saw the, The bombing in Lebanon, there was a big giant explosion, a lot of people got hurt, a lot of people were killed, a lot of people lost their lives. Recently, we've been having a lot of churches being attacked, we've had churches being set on fire here in the United States. You know, the land where we're supposed to have religious freedom, the right of free speech, the right to assemble, the right to to uh, to to protest peacefully. Uh, Although these days it seems like everybody can't tell between a peaceful protest and a riot because you've got a lot of reporters now who seem to have taken up Marxism and socialism. And they and you hear constantly they call it peaceful protest. I mean, I don't know about you, but when i see people smashing windows and setting things on fire it that's not a peaceful protest that's insurgency that's a political violence right there and now now they were burning bibles they were burning bibles they're burning bibles they're destroying churches they're 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 burning crucifixes they're they're burning images of jesus they're they're you know this is this is this is what the scene here was talking about the church is constantly under attack jesus himself said if they hated me they hate, they will hate you as well remember they hated me first and this is exactly what he what the scene is teaching now they see him coming and notice what it says they were terrified they were scared and They saw him and you know and they didn't recognize. They thought it was a ghost. And the Lord had to say, It is take courage, it is I. Be not afraid, do not be afraid. And Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. And the Lord said, Come, and Peter did get out, walk on the water, and then suddenly um his um his human reasoning kicked in and he thought to himself, what am I doing? He starts to sink. And he cries out, Lord, help. And the Lord came out, reached out, pulled him out, pulled him out of the waters, pulled him out of a, a terrible situation. Um The sinking, him being swallowed up is sort of like the, uh, it's persecution. Persecution. Because you see, once we take our eyes off our Lord, once we start thinking like the world, once we start reasoning like the world, we fail to recognize who Jesus is. We have a difficulty—we difficulty recognizing him. Right, because that's what happens when our our little church leaders seem to have a difficulty knowing who Jesus Christ is. They're they're afraid. They're afraid of upsetting the world, and then at the same time, they seem to have no problem throwing their own sheep under the bus. they reason with with bad Catholic politicians and then when good Catholics do something that is right that is true to the faith, they pull away from us. You see this is they, they fail to recognize Jesus they their their, way, their their way of thinking is the way of men. Remember what what happened when the Lord, when Peter came to him and said and acts about this whole thing, prophecy about him being crucified and killed and being put on trial and, and put to death. And the Lord said, it has to be so. And Peter said, no, I won't let it happen. And the Lord said, you, you're not thinking like God. You're thinking like men. You're a stumbling block to me. Get behind me, Satan. This is what happens. You fail to recognize you fail to, to understand the Lord because you have embraced the philosophy and thinking of men of the world and you become ashamed of Christ. We have to learn to think like Christians, to think like Catholics, to talk like Catholics, to reason like Catholics, to, to have the mind of Christ. This is what it's all about. You know, this is an apocalyptic scene. We have to learn to understand what apocalyptic mean. It doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world. An apocalyptic scene has a lot of meaning, a lot of, a lot of layers. It's it's also from what I remember. Although I don't hear this, um, this sort of description, it actually symbolizes a wedding. Because it's to unveil. That's what the word apocalypse mean revelation to reveal the bride it's a word that was used among hellenistic jews but it took on a different meaning with apocalyptic literature and then of course uh sensational movies like the omen and uh, left behind and other apocalyptic films but there's more to it there's more to it that's you know pull away from the hollywood thing we have to understand the meaning the scene with Elijah in the cave is an apocalypse, right? What did Elijah have to learn? He had to learn that God was not in the, in the, in the powerful wind, the violent wind that was shattering rocks. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. And then a, a tiny, small voice in the wind terrified Elijah, and Elijah had to cover his head because the voice of God is in you, around you, in your mind, in your heart. It's it's frightened him. It's sort of like, I guess you can say, maybe gave him goosebumps, made the hair stand on his arms and the back of his neck, maybe. That's what it does because it's God. God doesn't come sometimes the way we expect him. He doesn't always come like a Superman or a King Arthur in a beautiful armor or, you know, any, you know, or uh, like a, a, a white knight on on a, on, a, on a horse. No, he comes the way we sometimes do not expect him to come. It's that's why it's that's why it's apocalyptic. It's revelation. You know, we have to learn to think like him. You know, your ways are not my ways. My ways are not your ways. My mind, you know, my ways are high as heaven. And sometimes it's very difficult for us because we have to, you know, have faith in God. If we don't have faith in God, we're going to sink. We're going, you know, I mean, I guess you can say we're not going to, you know, we're not going to walk on water. We're going to sink and we're going to be overwhelmed. We're going to drown. So we'll end it here. And, um, let's continue with the, uh, apostles creed. I believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Okay, folks, uh, I'm gonna end it here. Um, please remember to subscribe and share. Uh, it helps, actually, it really does, uh, because you know, um, in a sense, you want to know. I I, wa- I really want to know that if I'm doing is worth the time, and I and I and I believe it is. Because I want to know it's reaching out to people and I, and it helps anchor and Spotify and all the other platforms to actually, you know, see that people are actually enjoying this, uh, this podcast. Um, To me, this is helpful because um, I want to help people. I want to be able to help people. I mean, if I could do more full time, like do this all the time, because really, I think it's, it's a mission. I think it's also uh, to me. It helps. I want to help fellow Catholics. I want to help people, um, you know, not feel alone, because you know, a lot of times, like in New York City, here we don't have um, a, a very strong Catholic community. We really don't. It's uh, it's really sad, and um, a lot of people now, because of this coronavirus, this pandemic. Unfortunately, it's made it's made life much more difficult to go to mass. I mean, I went to mass a few times. Uh, this whole uh, what do you call social distancing? I honestly feel it's it's really an attack uh, to isolate and make people uh, feel abandoned. More, I mean, think about it. What more do you need than again to have the government? push people away apart from each other. It's terrible. Uh people feel more alone, especially the elderly, especially people who live alone. I can't imagine what they're going through. You know, I mean now everybody moving away from each other, afraid of shaking hands, um, you know, afraid to talk to people. You know, sometimes, you know, people who are, you know, there are a lot of people who suffer uh depression. I can't imagine what they're going through with all this. It's terrible. And, you know, I mean, a lot of them, and I know one thing is sad about this is that it's really, um, you know, not everybody has access to devices to, you know, to, um, to listen to podcasts. Not everybody has. I mean, I really, I really feel bad for them because a lot of people are alone and it's it's not right and as catholics we should have better communities i i can't even believe i'm using the word community because i don't like to use it the way the left uses it the left uses it as more like um a a, like a, a a social government study to me the catholic people should be you know should be you know it's a christian thing it's a gospel thing we should Really, it's a sacramental thing. We should have we should be stronger. We should have better leaders and we should we should have more closeness and more close knit. We should make ourselves accessible. We should make uh, the faith more accessible to people to for people and, and strengthen people's faith. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Encouraging and strengthening people to practice their faith. Instead, what this is doing is attacking the faith. It's attacking the faith. The the, the, the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, this is what Satan wants, is to keep the Eucharist away from people, to weaken the faith. It's a supernatural attack. You know, what we just talked about with the waters and the world attacking the church. This is what's happening. And it's sad that our leaders are falling for this and they don't realize what damage is being done, especially to the most vulnerable They're being sacramentally deprived, spiritually deprived, supernaturally deprived. And this is dangerous. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. So please, if you can subscribe and share, it'll be great. God bless and stay safe.